Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's the epic 150th episode of Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your original cast of cognitive dissidents on the panel this week, all the way from Altadena, author, performance artist, and Resistrix. Always a pleasure to have her with us, Erica Schickel. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Good, Good to, to be have here on this you. Epic episode. Well, and thanks for being here, especially in light of that. I, I, I want to say just before we uh, get things started and introduce everyone else, last time you were on the show, you mentioned that uh, next time you're on the show, you're going to have some big shickle news. And that's true. It is, yes, it is the next time shickle. you're on the show. <laughs> The only reason why this is so interesting is because here we are at the 150th episode and I have never once had a thing to plug. So <laughs> I feel like, so now I'm going to plug hard the news that I sold my book that I've been writing for 12 years. Congratulations. I, I'm very excited. I'm very happy about it. I sold Congratulations. it. I sold Congratulations. I sold it to Hashtag which is a great publisher and I have a fantastic editor and it's slotted to publish July, 2021. Right on. So, well, who yeah, knows by then for, we, we might be in the third or fourth wave of the pandemic and people will have a lot of downtime to kick back with a good read. So it's, this is my prayer. I'll <laughs> hit the sweet spot between like people are getting vaccinated and going back out to like book events but also staying home and reading more because out of a, you know caution. So I think I'm going to hit that sweet spot. There you go. The 51st, well, 51st anniversary of the moon landing. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. yes. And I don't know what that does for book, you. But. Just if I'm going to keep plugging, it's my second book. My first book, You're Not the Boss of Me, Adventures of a Modern Mom, was published <laughs> in 2007 from Kensington. Still available on Amazon. Right nice. on. Exactly. That's my plug. Awesome. I'm done until the end of the show. Yeah, when the the traditional plugs, yeah. but we are we're anything but traditional here. Also, just up the street from Treasonable Studios in scenic East Hollywood, we are joined by comedian, actor, rock on tour, and juggler of words and objects. Fairly fresh off the release of his debut comedy album, a little off the top of my head, it is a pleasure to introduce Mr. Jim Coughlin. Welcome, sir. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, you know, somebody uh, actually produced the sound of that album, um, I, Dr. David Robinson. I am Woo-hoo. familiar. Thank you very much. Uh, Treasonable Studios and Heaping Teaspoon Productions available for all your comedy recording needs. <laughs> 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 We're just yeah, lot, lots yeah. lots of plugs up front. That's that kind of like Joe Biden. Um, no, they've grown in. Uh, they've grown in. He's he's looking good. Moving up north, out west, as always, it is a pleasure to say that we are joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason, representing Van Nuys. It is my deepest pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Uh, thank you. Power to the people. Happy Juneteenth to all of you and to also uh, the celebration of uh, the Black Wall Street for Greenwood, Oklahoma, that people will now also know about. I think it's awesome that we're finally getting it out, even though your history books would never put that shit in there. But hey, here it is for you to actually know and understand. 
Indeed. And I I don't know if you know this, but HBO this weekend in honor of Juneteenth is streaming for free on HBO.com and wherever else uh, they are. The nine episode series Watchmen that came out. Yeah, I want to. I'm definitely going to watch that this it, weekend. It is so good. And, you know, talking about uh, our our ignorance in prior times. I learned about Black Wall Street from from Timon back when we were still doing the cause effect, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's kind of the opening of of the series. And I I know a lot of people who are allegedly woke who are like, wait, what? That was real? So, yeah. Talk about your infotainment right there. It is that's that's even uh, going into the realms of edutainment, I would say. And who am I to say that? In case anyone doesn't know by this point, I am Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, not to mention the current one. And Jim, you you were about to say, because well, figure while we're well, on the topic. Know, I felt pretty smug when Watchmen had that opening scene. I was like, that's Tulsa. <laughs> and I've known about it since I was a young boy of 45. <laughs> oh. So I knew about that like at least five years. You are woke, Jim. Yeah. Well, in, you know, in terms uh, of uh, what some senators and politicians have tried to allege, I, I think 45 is young enough for a youthful indiscretion in Senate terms. So right. young enough to learn about black history in America. And there is so much black history and a lot to talk about and a lot more in the strangeness of our times. But first... A word from our sponsor, Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's Community Spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And now, new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for a second peek. So, we, we started talking about the, the Watchmen series, the, the destruction of Black Wall Street back in the 20s, and our, our sponsors at Community Spread. Where does this all come together well, as luck would have it, there's a big old Nazi MAGA rally happening in Tulsa tonight that was originally scheduled for Juneteenth before Donald Trump moved it because he made Juneteenth famous. Yes. I yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the dumbfounded silence says all. 
I know. It's astonishing. He really just outdoes himself every day. He knows exactly the wrong thing to say and the wrong thing to do. And I am filled with both fascination and dread to see what's going to happen tonight out there in Tulsa. Yeah, um, you've got a, a certain... We're, we're mixing the ingredients to have uh, a nice little fire, you know? Well, I mean, and I've, I've also been reading that there's supposed to be a black pro-Second Amendment protest happening yes. concurrently in Tulsa. And so, you know, time, and I know you've asked the question many times on this show. Yeah. You know, you see all these fucking, you know, white cracker ass motherfuckers, you know, in Michigan and other places showing up with, with assault rifles and, and, you know, hunting weapons. What would they do if, if a bunch of brothers showed up with guns? Well, I think we're going to find out tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and if you look at, I mean, it's still very segregated in Tulsa. The north side is black. The south side is white. They have, they've never, you know, no one ever went to jail. Over 300 people were killed. All their land was taken. And this was never known. And But the town, when, when 60 Minutes did the story on it, I was bothered by they never went and talked to the white townspeople who knew about this? They never were questioned. They only talked to the to, to maybe they, they talked to I think the mayor or either yeah I think it was the mayor that they talked to of Tulsa and uh, of, of Greenwood uh, and he he said yeah we're gonna you know we're gonna do excavation because they want to know a lot of those those graves that they have have no names on them there are no names on the graves. And they haven't been for years. And a lot of people said, hey, you know, we want to know who these people were. And when you find when people say, well, you know, I've had I've had several discussions with people. They say, well, you know, you know, why are black people still complaining about they, they why haven't they pulled themselves up by the bootstrap? Well, <laughs> they had pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and they created towns and they got firebombed. They were burned to the ground. White people took we the boots. Did what you, I've always said they did what you asked them to do. Yeah. But if you know about the book White Fragility, you will also know that uh, uh, Robin DiAngelo stated that they were bothered by, they call it black uppityness. There was a jealousy. They did not want you to, they did not want blacks to be on the same level as them, which is the reason why they hated Obama. Yeah. Obama's hated because he was highly educated, you know, both him and his wife, they couldn't stand that and never wanted it. And so you, you, you've been dealing with this and people say, well, you know, I, I don't see color. Bullshit. <laughs> if you read White Fragility, that woman, Robin DiAngelo lays it out and yeah. she says, and she's calling him on her shit. And this is all that is. It just... But what made the problem and what is, is that we never really put it in our history books. We never told the truth. And by not telling the truth, people are saying, I can't believe that happened. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't know. Well, you, they didn't want you to know. And when I say they, the powers that be, the yeah. people who are in control, they didn't want blacks to know. Black success, you know, belies the lie and gives away the lie, you know, that racism is built on and that this country is built on, you know, and that 
There, you know, what is essentially a white supremacist society has been sold to us as, you know, uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like these the people who are in charge and hold the money and the power have done any of that, you know. And the whole thing, the whole structure is just a big fat lie. And the people of color have borne the fucking brunt of it, of this hierarchy, this false narrative around race. It's just. Well, but, and one of the things I think is interesting is that, you know, there, there is such denial of, of the true history and, you know, this heartfelt adherence to, the history as written, you know, by, by the power structure. And one of the things that, you know, there, there are people, this is going to sound like I'm going off on a tangent, but it all comes back to this. There are people who say that the protests don't do anything. And we have seen a wave of police reforms and different things around the country, different departments taking the initiative to make things better. The the House has thrown a bill together that, you know, I'm sure is languishing on, on Mitch McConnell's desk as it will continue to be, whereas the Senate put forth a resolution by the lone black Republican, uh, Senator Tim Scott. And the thing that I found interesting, this is where it, it comes back to the conversation we were having about education and, and ignorance of, of history I mean, you knew it was going to be a flawed bill anyway coming out of the Republicans in the Senate. But I saw Tim Scott on the news, and when he opened up by saying, this is not a racist country, (laughs) it was like, well, right there. Anyone who knows anything about 12-step programs (laughs) will have heard the first step is admitting that you have a problem. And if if Tim Scott, you know, we're, we're talking about white people overwriting history for their convenience well you know tim scott who is black is is also clutching on to that and i think the refusal to acknowledge the racist history of this country and you know like a lot like a lot of people do you know it's like we i think we like to think of america as well, yeah, I mean, you know, America's our racist friend. They're they're racist, but they're still pretty cool in so many other ways. You know? Yeah. But but when you when you you know, Dave, when you pull out a brother and stick him out front and say, See, there is no racism here. You yeah. know? And it's like, dude, just cause you got one doesn't mean he speaks for everybody. Well, okay. Diamond and Silk, that's well, three. What about Diamond and Silk? Don't they represent you? Right. Yeah, well, mean, well, you'd be surprised how many white dudes who are Republicans who sent me a black dude, you know, something, <laughs> you know, on Facebook or some black dude with a with tattoos all over. See, he's reformed. He doesn't he even he hates Obama. Listen to him, Ty. I was like, bruh, if you if that's why Harriet Tubman had a shotgun during the Underground Railroad. For all brothers who decided to take their ass back, she shot their ass. So she said, you want to go back? You'll be dead if you do. So fuck you, no. Excuse my French, but hey, man, don't try to sell me because you found one brother to think like you do. Mm-hmm. When I got, I got 
and you and he goes, they were not like this. No, they used to call the house niggas. That's what they call them. Yeah. I'm not saying, look, I, I think Tim Scott's a great guy, whatever he told. I get he's a Republican. I don't you know care about all that. But when you try to sell me something that he's what you're going to put in the window as a reason to get me, it's not going to happen. He can talk all that. You can go get me Larry Elder. You can go get me Thomas Sowell. You can get me Harold Williams. All of them. You can go Candace Owens. You can go find her ass. all. I don't care. But well, you're not going to sell me that the, the truth is in the pudding. Well, I think you what know, this moment is, is showing us, though, is that, you know, we can look to, in, we can't look to individuals. The moment to look to is the, like, hundreds of thousands of people in the streets, you know? It, it's just whatever counter-argument they're putting up is just being so roundly refuted by these protests. Well, with Tim Scott, he was kind of threading the needle because he, uh, he, as it said, he was pulled over seven times in one year, you know? So, of course, that's racism, but he can't say that there's systemic racism or otherwise he's no longer a good Republican and he's out. You it's know? it's amazing what they can't say. Uh, Mike Pence in yeah. an interview this week refused to say Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's yeah, all lives matter. Well, what about black ones? All lives matter. Literally, you can't say Black Lives Matter. No, all lives matter. No. Become a full on dog whistle. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's just no. and, an and, and what and what they've explained is yes, all lives matter. But we have particular black people who were our brothers and sisters who were standing up for were stating that their lives matter, too, because we wouldn't be standing up for them if you had, you know, we just signed when I'm 55. So you signed the Civil Rights Bill in 1964. Hell, you just signed the interracial bill in 67. Mm -hmm. Come on, we got to sign bills. We're still having a discussion about the color of skin. How ignorant are we? Listen. How fuck we, we are. I mean, this is insane. I hate having these conversations. Fucking but I got I got to because I have a bunch of people walking around who say, "Well, I can't believe no, it was racism." Dude, I all, all I have to do is I have relatives that've been lynched. I'm sorry. Well, I'm supposed to just put that out of my mind and say <laughs> that this shit never existed. It was not that long ago that Jim Crow. We actually had laws why I couldn't drink out of the same fucking water fountain as someone. Women could not vote. Women, I mean, we had to write a law for child labor laws to stop we children. Still have, from, we still haven't, don't have the ERA. Yeah. Yes. Black people got the vote before women. I mean, it's just right. like this country needs to fucking restructure. Whatever that, that, I mean, whatever that was. I mean, in some ways, God bless it. It's gotten us this far in terms of the way the government is set up and checks and balances. They are all falling apart under Trump. But the baseline presumptions about society that the government was built on are no longer serving us, to put it very mildly. Well. Right. You know, well, and, and, and from top to bottom, how we deal with poverty, how we deal with with policing, how we deal with education, how we deal with, uh, you know, 
debt and finance and tax law and all this shit, it, all of it has to be rethought in a completely new way. And I, I don't know if we have it in us, frankly, to do that. And especially when you consider presuming fingers crossed, hoping America comes to its senses in November. Uh, by the way, don't forget to fill out your census if you haven't yet. But presuming that Biden wins, mm-hmm. you, you wonder how much time is it going to take to undo all the fuckery oh, that Trump has done? Time. I mean, you know, you, you talk about the, the corruption coming from the top. And, you know, I'm not big on conspiracy theories, but every once in a while you hear something that I'm not buying into it until I see proof. But it makes sense that one of the reasons Trump was trying to actively stoke violence in Tulsa was to put all the focus there and remove it from this week's attempted Friday night massacre, uh, which tiny object. Well, you know, you saw this week the the Voice of America has pretty much lost its voice and the the power structure basically America's voice of free and open and true news around the world ranging from, you know, Middle East news to Radio Free Europe all around the world has been stocked with Trump toadies. And so that's that's going to take some undoing. But the the failed coup uh, happened in the Southern District of New York, where Attorney General William Barr, uh, Trump's lapdog, announced that U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman was stepping down. And Berman <laughs> replied like, no, I'm no, I'm not. And Berman was appointed basically by Trump and... He wasn't confirmed by the Senate, and there was a lag period, and then he was appointed to the position by a panel of judges, as is supposed to happen by law. And so he is challenging his firing, saying that he's not leaving his post until a presidential appointee who is approved by the Senate is there to take his place. And it turns out he's the guy who investigated Michael Cohn. He is a apparently investigating Giuliani. He's looking into Trump's finances, which the Supreme Court is set to announce a ruling on, I believe, this week. So interesting timing and kind of nice to see someone inside actually standing up. You know, with, with all the talk about John Bolton's book, bringing so much of a spotlight to the fact that he refused to testify during the impeachment hearings here yeah. you have someone who is you know staunch republican he donated the max to trump's campaign in 2016 he was appointed in an acting capacity to the position by trump and he's still yeah. standing up for the rule of law mm-hmm. i'm a no, little Bol- i'm a little impressed I mean, no no berman not- no, not, not Bolton. Jeffrey Berman, okay. yeah. No, Bolton's a fucking, you know, money-grubbing coward. Well, Gorsuch, was it Gorsuch? Who, well, Gorsuch, is he a Republican? And he, you know, he's the reason why the LGBTQ bill got passed. I mean, you've got Republicans yeah. who are coming out. They're sick of Trump. you got a lot of Republicans that want him gone because he's not representing them. He's making them look like asses. 
It was actually Roberts who was the deciding vote on that. And and just from my sort of very non-legally minded reading of that, I think it really came down to a textual issue. And Roberts is a textualist. I mean, he reads it that way very close. And they would have had to, by any interpretation of the language of the 1964 on the basis of sex ruling, like it just couldn't stand up. You know, well, they it's have not pills like for that now on our side, but the man is, you know, and everybody is sort of jockeying to be the next Judge Alito, you know, like the sort of, you know, so it's really complicated. I, I, and I also fear that in some way, these two rulings this week, which are like, hallelujah, so great, might be like trying to soften everything up for the big bad tax ruling on Trump's taxes. Like, they'll be like, well, we gave you this and we gave you that, and now we're not going to give you Trump's taxes. Well, I, I don't think on that case. I think they're, cause New York still wants him. No, yeah, New York. Yeah, New York. And is New York is going to get him in the end, I believe. Even yeah. if Berman does go. Well, I think your view is probably much more realistic, Erica. Uh that you know this is they're they're given a little to take away a lot more my my line of thought this week has been that they they all see the writing on the wall come november and they are trying to save their jobs save their asses like get some good press in in the public knowledge right now so well not the supreme court you know that has nothing yeah. to do with the change i mean they're they're in you know so except for maybe hopefully kavanaugh should we get get the house and the senate and yada yada we can we can you know but impeach him but um well but you since know. you know since gorsuch is essentially sitting in merrick garland's seat <laughs> yeah you know i think that might come into play in in the cleanup do-over when biden comes into office there was a i don't know if you guys uh there was there was this awesome kids in the hall uh bit it was a sketch but with film bits dave foley and um god why am i blanking on his name kevin uh Anyway, they're, they're girlfriends, like, go on vacation. They're like, all right, party across the country. And it shows them, like, partying in a city, and the graphic comes up, like, Cleveland. And then they're on a train, and then they're partying in another city. And it gets to the point where, like, one of them realizes, like, oh, shit, it's Friday. Our girlfriends are coming home tomorrow. And then there's another montage of them, like, taking the trains back and cleaning up the parties in every city where they were. And I feel like that's going to be at least the first six months. It's going to be like, you know, London after the blitz. Yeah. Well, listen, here's what I think. I, uh, you know, I think that they're going to, they, Trump did it handily, took it all apart in four years. So we can probably, we, so I think they're keeping a list somewhere. Uh, the Washington like, post. Yeah. maybe. <laughs> and if he comes in, and he comes in with like, well, we should talk about the Veep stuff, but he comes in with a Veep like, say, Elizabeth Warren, who can get shit fucking done fast and in an orderly fashion. And they have the Senate and the House. I think that we that things can't could be put back very quickly, you know, and now we don't have DACA to worry about, at least. <laughs> 
you know, I mean, I think I think that I'm hopeful that, you know, should it all, should the blue tsunami happen, that a lot of the damage can be repaired. I don't know about the environment, but, you know, everything else. Well, because you do know that Russia, speaking of the environment, you know that Russia has that oil, that 150 gallons of oil that's running into the Russian River up in Siberia that's on its way either to Canada or the United States that hasn't been, they have not been able to cut it off. And they right. they Not wouldn't they wouldn't they didn't want America you know it hasn't made it to the United States but it's making its way and they haven't shut it off and we got all these they're killing the environment Putin is you know they refuse to let people in because it's going to show just like with Wuhan how China screwed up you know and that's what they're trying to avoid these communist countries hate to find when the government say oh okay ah so this has happened because then that turns the people on. <laughs> Against them, <laughs> excuse me. So, you know, you have that with the environment, and yeah. you know, Trump is. I had not heard <laughs> that story, and that is. So, are you saying that he's deliberately polluting with the oil, or that he's just he, a, he can't figure out how to fix it? He Russia. doesn't want. He doesn't want. Um, and he didn't want any help. He thinks that Russia can handle it on its own. But this has been happening a while, and no one knew about it. But, you know, now we do. Uh, I picked it up either, I think it was either um, it was either on NPR or uh, Apple News that I picked uh, up on uh, that. Do you guys watch Chernobyl, that HBO show that was out last year? I watched some of it. I watched some of it. Yeah, I mean, because it was really all about that very thing that you're talking about, Time and where. <clears throat> You know, they had a massive fuck up on their hands and they allowed it to get worse because they were too ashamed to let the world know that they couldn't handle it and they needed help. Right. It's a great metaphor for the Trump administration. Yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, when you put Absolutely. it that way, it's like, you know, people are too embarrassed to admit that they fucked up. Well, it's like the more people we test, the more cases with coronavirus we're going to have. Like they, you know, it's just anything. <laughs> and, and this Berman firing, I I think is also partly shiny object. I think he's just going to keep flinging poo around in the hopes that we forget that there's going to, there's like 120,000 people so far dead. Right. From the virus. And, you know. And the riots and the this and the that and every fucking fuck up he has going right now. So, I mean, the Berman thing, while sinister, feels like you're looking in the wrong direction. You know, he's this is worse What what's happening. I mean, the coronavirus team has been permanently disbanded. There's going to be no further, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, here in California, we the governor uh, announced this week that it is now mandatory to wear masks whenever you go out. Yeah. Yep. And here's Trump trying to turn masks into a culture war or having had turning turned masks into a culture war. I mean, he's succeeded on that front. Yeah. I've been thinking about this. You know, evolution like is a is a is a is a hard thing to understand. Yes. So I can understand resisting it. A mask preventing uh, particles to spread a disease which is killing people and which you can go to any hospital in any major city and find people suffering from. This is not evolution. This is real basic stuff. Well, it's, it's Darwinism in a way. 
Uh, what? It's it's it may not be evolution, but it is you know exemplary of Darwinism. Um, yeah. You know, and like like we've said on this show multiple times, if they were just killing themselves, that would be awesome. But yeah. talk about the Trump rally in in Tulsa tonight. That you know, I guarantee you are not going to see many masks. If any, you know, they're apparently segregating the elderly and high risk people. They say they are, but people are coming in from around the country for this. And then after, you know, lounging and rolling around in the Petri dish, they're going back to wherever they come from and they're bringing it back there. Did did you ever see the horror movie uh, Cabin Fever? Came out like maybe 10, 15 years ago. And it was was basically, you know, like a virus kind of thing. And, the you know, one of those fantastic, classic last shot of the movie where, you know, you've got all these people dead from a virus that's transmitted by water and then it follows the water out of the bathtub drain and down into the creek, which goes into the river, which goes to the plant that provides water for everybody. And that's that's Tulsa, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. I mean, yeah, well, I, out yeah, on the sidewalks right now, too, like days in advance. They've all been out there, a lot of them. And, and th- no, they'll be able to track really this with the, the cell phone data. They'll like, be able to see that these yeah, people travel. That's the company Blue Dot. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I, you know what's weird? Also the arrogance. This is the arrogance of Americans and the ignorance. This is what has gotten us in trouble for so long. You know, we said, oh, we don't wear masks. That's for, that's for the Asians. That's for the, And then you say, well, well, why don't they have a huge flu season well that's because they learned that mitigation and weren't asians don't have a problem following orders white people have problems following orders they yeah. do not want you to tell them shit they don't want you telling them anything who are you to tell me how to live my life and i'll do whatever i want that's why they believe they can show up at the state capitol with an ar-15 gun yeah, and they're right. Yeah, they I know. Can. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that is true. That, they that, can. That's what I mean, and that's what they're thinking here. I don't, you know, this is a hoax. They're trying to keep some, and this is the reason why racism has spread for so long. This is why it has taken us so long to enforce the laws that we have on the books. Well, I mean, that's where we, we are really in terrible trouble. Is this just manic? sort of obsession with individual and personal rights, you know, and that goes back to how our government is structured, you know, and and sort of mythology of America, exceptionalism and freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. And now we really have to, the virus is making us sort of negotiate the line between free will and, you know, keeping the fucking herd alive, you know, And, yeah, it's just the selfishness that gets shown up in this and the way it just divides down lines is just tells us everything we need to know about who's on the side of the team and who's not, you know. I mean, that, that's why we, you know, you ask the question, I, I've been asking, you know, where's the humanity? I said, guys, well, we have 66,000 homeless. There again, where is the humanity? 
That homelessness just didn't happen. That homelessness was created. And it is the way we have ran things for so long of how we get homeless people or how we you know that we have less educated. You have a lot of people that are, yes, they are flat out lazy and they don't want, but that's not everyone that are saying, I will say that they are lazy in reading and paying attention because, you know, if you look at Facebook, Facebook has made you lazy because you don't read anymore. You're not paying attention. You just find a little blip that you agree with and you go boom and you hear about it. But if you say to, you know, in this pandemic, you know, you know, people say, well, hey, man, what have you been doing during the pandemic? I've been reading. What? Reading? Really? Yeah. You mean I can read? Yeah. Well, I can't get to the library. The library is on your cell phone. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You have no more excuses. All the information is there, whatever you need. But people need to just, they really need to get involved as far as, as reading more and getting to know. I mean, you, you have people who are upset because they now want to require people to take Afro-American studies. Yeah. They are requiring you to learn about other cultures. They don't want you doing it. Can you imagine? You're bothered. Well, I, I shouldn't have to take that. Well, that's why you don't know about, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, that's why you don't know about Juneteenth. I, I have an issue, and maybe it's it's getting a little nitpicky, but I think, and it would be more difficult. It would take a lot more work. It would be expensive because all the textbooks would have to replace but shouldn't we like rather than making people take afro-american history classes shouldn't we be teaching that in american history because i mean yeah you know maybe yeah, it's well, just they, me but it sounds I mean, a little I, bit I, like I separate but equal you know it's like well there's well, no no I, I i agree with you but they didn't put it in you see, right. that, that, I mean, t- t- I, I agree. I mean, I sat with the guy who was editing our first history books, Don Neal. He was an editor from McGraw Hill Publishing. Texas would not allow you to put the things like Tulsa, Oklahoma, in yeah. American history. They would not allow you. They would they would chop you down. You're yeah. right in what you're saying. I'm totally 100. percent If it's American history, it should be all, all history. But because they didn't. You had to create Afro-American history. You had to create Asian history. And you had to create, when it, they were all there. Because if we're saying that we're a, a country of immigrants, then all about those particular immigrants should be in American history, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. But the powers that be said, oh, hell no. Because then you'll know the dirty little secret. And we can't let you know that this, this wound that's in this country, and it's a deep wound that mm-hmm. has never healed. And yeah. it will they don't want it will never heal because they don't want it to because it will expose all this so-called land of the free and liberty and and you know we're all created equal they're gonna find it's hypocrisy well it's I, bullshit I think that what we're seeing right now I mean I hope what we're seeing right now really is the apocalypse you know and and it looks like it you know the unveiling of these truths these secrets that you're talking about you mm-hmm. know. These lies that we hold that, to be self-evident. You know, I mean, between, <laughs> that's not a that, Exactly. Between, you know, what's happening in the streets around Black Lives Matter, around the Me Too movement, you know, a lot of that, though, that stuff is falling by the wayside. And we are watching the Republican Party, which has pretty much, you know, had a pretty decent lock on power 
Yeah, as at least, you know, it, yeah, I mean, I would say since Reagan, you know, the sort yeah. of conservative Republican way of thinking about government and so on and so forth has been, you know, in, even in spite of Obama and everything that he did and also didn't do during his two terms. But, you know, I, I think we're seeing a revolution. I, it just feels very much that way. And the way it's lining up with this election and what's at stake in this election just feels fucking apocalyptic to mm -hmm. me. And to me, that's very hopeful. I When I say no, apocalyptic, I'm not pejorative like i think that that we are that's what we need yeah oh you know? no you know london after the blitz isn't just picking up you know rubble and and finding your house it's it's building a giant ferris wheel and and some sort of pine cone dildo looking building it's you know it's but i think that's that's one of the more important things to remember and this is what i think a lot of progressives are sort of failing to acknowledge is and and let me actually start with my own mea culpa because leading up to the 2016 election i was frequently saying that you know we don't need to burn the house down for an excuse to redecorate the living room or to realize that fire is bad and i I overestimated the capacity of the American people and turns out, you know, we do need to burn the house down. It shouldn't have taken the murders of so many innocent and or unarmed black people by police to get to the point where we are, but it did, you know? So I, I, I think my mistake was thinking that we didn't need things to get that bad. Now that they have gotten that bad and we're talking about reconstruction, this is what I think progressives need to realize and need to grasp onto this is that when we are undoing all the bad that has happened in the last four years, the idea shouldn't be to, to bring things back to the status quo of what they were in 2015, but to make them better, to learn from all the mistakes and all the problems that have been caused by the White House in the last four years and and figure out how to make things better than they were before everything really got blown to shit. About everything being wrecked is that you can build from the ground up. And, yeah. and that's why, I, I mean, and I know I'm bent on this topic, but that's why I really feel like Elizabeth Warren should be vice president because I feel like of all those people uh, that are being considered, and th they all have strengths of their own. I mean, it's not anything against, you know, mm. Stacey Abrams or Kamala Harris, but I think that she is the wonky one, you know, and she's the one who's progressive and is pulling the party left, that she will be okay with the Bernie voters and and but the most importantly is that she has vision and can execute plans like can get it to happen and Kamala who I feel is going to be the one chosen um and who I adore but like she I think she's wrong for the job you know I mean she's a cop uh, in the end and I mean she and she should be you know AG and go fucking bust some heads 
Um, but she's not a policy person. She's not a policy person. But I I will say that I I was going to also uh, piggyback off what you said about Obama. Uh, A lot of people were saying to me, well, what did Obama do for black people? And I had to let people know that Obama is for the people. When you say like, you know, like you're like people say, oh, all lives matter. Well, Obama was a president. For all people. Mm-hmm. He can't just be the president for black people. Mm-hmm. He is the president for all people. All Americans. You know, and yeah. All Americans, you know. And so, you know, because folks were saying, oh, he didn't do anything for me. It's not about you, fucker. It's about everybody. You know, and some people are going to get some things that they like, and some didn't. I've been, I've been blessed to still have a job for the last 30 years. I haven't had to go and look for a job. So for 30 years, I have 100% medical, you know, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's been through the, the, the Reagan, I mean, through the, the Bushes and the, and the Clintons and everybody. So and, so, and even through Trump. So we have that. I agree with you also. I do like Elizabeth Warren because I think she will go after Wall Street. Yeah. The other, one, the other three are not going to go after Wall Street. Wall Street does not want Elizabeth. No. Because they know what's coming. And she is going to frick it. I, I voted for her in the primaries, and I think she would make a great VP, but I think she would, and I would love to see her somewhere in the administration, Secretary of Commerce, something, but if she stayed in the Senate and became Senate Majority Leader... Uh, that would also be awesome, but, you know, I mean... I, I, I Listen, you got to figure that Biden is probably going to die in office. You know, I mean, I think that that's and the question is, who do you want to be president next if that happens? Or he's going to hand, you know, the crown or whatever to to the next person. And again, you know, it's Elizabeth Warren. She's the only was the only truly presidential primary candidate that I saw. And that includes Joe Biden. And, and then, you know, you get fucking Elizabeth Warren and, or, you know, I mean, another good scenario is, OK, he chooses Kamala. He cags in office. Kamala's president. She brings Elizabeth on as VP and an entirely female cabinet. And there's your fucking revolution right there. You know, I mean. Oh, they, let me tell you. And there and let me tell you, the white males are going to be highly fucking pissed. Oh, oh yeah. They're going to be. Hey, they're going to. Hey, they're going to have full on torches. They're going to. This is God. They're going to be burning their jock straps. They're yeah. going to be coming after women because of, this is bullshit. How did this happen? You know, cook yeah. your own meal. You know, this is going to happen. <laughs> those of us who are woke, they're not going to give a shit because you had your shot, bro. You had your shot. Yeah. You know, and. You got generals and look, who want this guy gone. Look at all general. Look at all the countries right now being led by women so successfully. You know, yeah. I mean, it's Margaret it's, Thatcher was a motherfucker. She didn't. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher was. Oh yeah, Thatcher up as the gold standard, but you know, Jacinda Ahern <laughs> over there in New Zealand, mm-hmm. she, she's fucking killing it. Yeah, right. And, you know, uh, you know, the virus just, is gone. The virus gone. Is gone. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, I just think that a lot can happen in the next, I mean, a lot will happen in the next six to 18 months, you know, and oh boy. I mean, he has proven 
that he that that it's time for him to go. They're, they're, they're building right now. The torches are being lit. They're about to put the fire on his ass. He can go. He can go to Oklahoma, Texas, and they can all sit there and breathe on each other and kill each other off if they want to. Let him do it. I okay? don't. I'm not convinced that Trump wants really wants to be reelected. I think the only reason he wants to be reelected is a to stay out of prison and b because he only understands success in those terms. He does not want to be a loser. But uh, other yeah. than that, he has no feel for the job. He doesn't enjoy it. It's not something he gives a shit about, you know. And, and he's being used go to concentrate power, you know. I mean, he's just, a, he really is just a stupid puppet in the end. I mean, and uh, you know, and also in Bolton's book, you know, he they talk about the reason why they didn't question the Saudi Arabians on, on Khashoggi getting killed, you know. I mean, that's all... Like crap! All those guys gotta go. They have to. They're gonna work like hell to stay out of jail. Every last one of them. Yeah. They got to. Yeah. This it's open season on them. I mean, I I I've sat and listened to enough Republican guys. I mean, they went Obama Gate. I've, I've guys said, "Dude, you have an education? Yeah, you have a degree? Yeah, and you believe in Obama Gate? Really? <laughs> you're that stupid?" Yeah. You know, it's it's funny time, and you you spend way more time with Republicans than anybody uh, yeah. else. It's the cigar lounge. Yeah, did. it's a lounge. The golfing. Oh. <laughs> yes, and you know, you sit. I mean, you know, and you ask. All you do is ask a question, and, and sometimes they come to you. You know, I had a Cuban guy come up to me, and, and they call him Cuban George, and he comes up to me and says, so "What do you think of Trump?" I said, "I think he's a fucking idiot." Oh, and he he, he got pissed. <laughs> Dude, you actually think, you should actually get away from me. What's, what's the old I'm saying? Don't ask questions either. if you don't want to know the answers. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. No. Uh, and then, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know that a lot of Armenians are Republicans. Yeah. And one of yeah. the guys got pissed at oh, uh, um, Pelosi for saying that, oh, look, yeah, she held the bill up because she was, you know, uh, for illegal immigrants. I said, and you have a problem with that? I said, motherfucker, you're an immigrant. One, yeah. I, I would ask, you know, what they think about Trump's, you know, budding up with, with Turkey's budding dictator, speaking of buds. Right. Yeah. You know, right. folks, how do you, how do you how do you feel about someone who denies that there was an attempted genocide on your people? Uh you good with that? Uh, well, they, they, well, they were they were bothered by when they heard about you know they, well that they're really blowing the slavery thing out. Yeah, you know, but we have our you know we we totally understand. Ty, one of the guys said, I said, no, you don't. We're talking about the the so called land of the free. I said, I'm sorry, black people built this bitch on their backs. And I said, and you ain't ever been seen, you ain't ever read about no Armenians being rolled over a roasted fire. And having their, you know, their genitals shoved in their mouth. Sorry. Although okay. next season on that a very special free. Keeping Up with the Kardashians. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, really? All that happened? I said, dude, that's what I'm saying. Please do not speak upon this and try to make comparisons. I'm not here to compare. I'm not here to, to drop guilt. But I am here to drop some knowledge on your ass if you're willing to listen. But I'm not about, I don't want no awards or anything like that. But I do, if you're willing to learn something for a day. Or, you know, exchangeable. I mean, I, 
If not, then shut the fuck up. Let me listen to my music and leave me alone. That's <laughs> how I think about it. But I'm not. I don't want. I don't want any award because I knew this and you didn't. It doesn't. It, that's not what it's about. But you should want to learn something so you can have an understanding of why people are feeling the way they feel. That's all I said. Well, not to bring up a new subject, but or to go back to an old subject, but you know, this issue of education. I think that one of the main things that's going to be changing, and that you know, which seems to be the theme of our conversation, is you know. How or how to re-educate the American public, you know, and it, it, it's not lost on me that that everything is moving digitally. Uh, you know, I live with a school, a LAUSD school teacher, who's trying to figure out how to safely get back in the classroom. And frankly, the answer is there's no safe way to get back in the classroom. No. And that calls in how we, you know, give and receive information and it's such an opportunity to just sort of throw out the old stuff and try to figure out a new way of doing it. I that. do like the small classroom. I mean, when they were talking about doing smaller classrooms, I thought that was great. You yeah. Know, and if they, if they had to put people in basically bubbles or something like that, but we've been trying to get smaller classrooms for years. I oh, mean, no, that's uh, great, uh, but that doesn't help the teachers. They're still exposed to, you know, whatever. Well, so. well well, well, you know, I mean, you get you get a certain amount of, of tax revenue for for the cities and the counties. There's all this talk about defunding the police. And, you know, even though the folks on the right are trying to stretch that in, they want to abolish the police and get rid of all the money, part, you know, part of the importance of education. And there are studies which I've read about. I, I can't quote anything right now. But if you start with better education that is like the best way to start fighting crime nip it off at the source give people an education give people an ability to better themselves and advance and give them the knowledge to to make better choices you know the wisdom they got to come by that on their own if you look at juvie juvie spends two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per kid yeah, that's a juvie. Okay, that money is being wasted. I mean, a juvenile hall looks like a small city. Okay, you don't need all that. You know, you, 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 if you like, you said let's let's cut it back. If I'd have educated that kid, you know, I don't have to worry about him sticking a gun in your side. I don't right. have to worry about him, you know, joining gangs, and that's why people join well, gangs you know what? to be followers. The problem, though, is with is the educational system as it stands right now is that it was originally devised by the big early American 19th century industrialists as a way to get parents into the factories, what to do with the kids, turn them into factory workers. You know, that I mean, called the Perusian education. I, I don't know that term, but but, you know, yeah, I it was. Uh, yeah. You know, so the, the sort of the very model of public education, which believe me, I'm very much in favor of public education, and I educated both my kids in the public school system as far as I could. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, which it was it was a tough go, let me tell you. But um, mm-hmm. but you know, the problem is, is that you know, a we've got Betsy DeVos and people like that trying to privatize. Mm-hmm. 
all education, which is just another way to sort of indoctrinate. And then the public system is is bankrupt and out of gas. Well, know? and that's that's what I'm saying. You know, if if the virus is going to force us to have smaller classrooms. Well, let's mm-hmm. defund the police, put that money to hiring more teachers and improving the schools and the education system around the country. Things will... I mean, Back in the day, kids used to all be educated in the little schoolhouse in your town. You know, it was a, a hundreds of thousands of tiny one-room schoolhouses. And then these, you know, here comes the Industrial Revolution and everybody gets swept into these giant fact-like settings, which is all... Well, that was the, that was the, uh, I was speaking on that because that was the the Perusian, uh, we were, as you said, in the Industrial Age, we wanted soldiers and employees. We were not trying to put together uh, um, their own ideas. Yes, yeah, yeah, you were, you were called... um, a, uh, uh, we wanted people to follow orders. We didn't want yeah. you to question anything that was going on. And so with the industrial age, as, as Eric was saying, that's how we got. We weren't trying to produce entrepreneurs. We were not trying to produce because what does, uh, what does uh, being an employee mean? It, that, that you're looking for security. But if you are an entrepreneur, you're looking for freedom to be, start your own thing, they were they were like you said with the industrial age. You were looking to you were looking for security. You were looking and also, but that also brought on sometimes a poverty mentality. Well, yeah, sort of set up to live with no expectation of yeah. you know actually moving up the hierarchical structure. So right. you know. It's it, and it certainly is a system that does not encourage students to question authority, and it's certainly not a system in which the Tulsa massacre was taught. Because again, this is information, and information is power, and we don't want powerful citizens; we want passive consumers. And, yeah, it's know. essentially it's the business model of the church uh, over yeah. the centuries, just translated to a business sense. Whereas the the entrepreneurs, the the leaders, the the execs, they are they are ordained by on high and shall not be questioned. And those underneath shall shall merely learn to obey and learn the word as preached by the execs. And and pray that someday, if if they follow all the rules and they do everything, they will reach retirement. Well, you know, David, it's funny you say that. The 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 old pastor was voted in. You know, if you were in a Southern Baptist church, mm-hmm. they had you came and you would do a sermon, and the congregation would vote to see if you're the best for them. Now. The pastor creates his own church. You can vote him out, and they pay him to vote. So it's now a, a it's set up financially, which is the reason why a lot of guys got in that business. Yeah. Because if you you know you start to do it, you know no you tax on the church. No tax on the church, and to try and talk, and that, that's why they call non-denominational. Although they'll say, "Well, I'm, we're still Christian." But we don't. We just we call it non-denominational. Well, the de- the they, denominations they, they care don't. about are tens and twenties. You know, fifties if right. you can spare yeah. it. And so, and so, if you talk to you go and, and 
so when at every end of the year, as the churches grow, you next thing you know, your pastor's driving uh, a Mercedes or a 645 hour, they're driving a Rolls Royce or they have a Learjet and the people don't question. That's why a pastor, you know, like Creflo Dollar can say, well, I'll on my heart and let me know that I need a new plane <laughs> and you go to his congregation. Yes, we should pray for the pastor to have a new Learjet now, with, you... with servants. Yes, with ser and they will go and they buy it. You may not have a brand new Cadillac. Whereas my uncle, Diamonds in the back. My uncle drove a my, my uncle drove a school bus and he worked at the depot in East St. Louis, Illinois. At the time it was the murder capital of the United States. And he didn't have I mean, although the deacons still did have guns back then. The deacons were I I found this out later. They were carrying a forty five on them, you know, just in case someone got unruly and they would, you know, shoot you and then pray over you later. But, uh, you know, that that's about it. But other than that, these guys today, they are, I mean, they're huge and they make damn good money. You know, if you can get, if you can get that congregation together, like, like yeah, you said, there, there are no taxes being charged. Well, what, go to great school. what was it that H.L. Yeah. Uh, Mencken said? You'll you'll never go broke by underestimating the intelligence of the American public. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Mm. It's, it's sad. <laughs> you know, we, uh, finally, I mean, just with the internet and back in our hands, and all of this stuff being put online, again, it really does question sort of foundations of what is education about. You know, we're all either schooling or unschooling our kids at home right now you know america is finding out what that's like you know and I, i'm hoping that we come out of it with sort of a, an appreciation for a public education because god help us it's fucking great sending your kids to school in the yeah. morning well <laughs> and i think that's that's one of the other things is so many parents are realizing like what teachers actually have to do and deal with and it's it's causing a lot of people to reevaluate you know the the value they place on teachers you know mm -hmm. i've heard i've heard that it's 4 years of of pandemic in all before we're out of the pandemic and it's going to be 10 years of a depression you know before the financial markets and all that uh, get back I was going to say, so, before you mentioned the finances, uh, great, I got a, I got a head start on this because I've been depressed for years. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Exactly. Well, I, I, I think that's, that's almost a good point to wrap it up on. But while we were recording, I got a news alert on, on the phone. I do want to end. This is our 150th episode. And we, we were talking about Tulsa at the beginning of the episode. So I think it's only fair to go out on a positive note about what's going on in Tulsa. And when I say a positive note, I mean that literally because the news alert came in that six members of Trump's campaign team uh, who are setting up the rally in Tulsa have tested positive for COVID-19. <laughs> so uh, good for them. It's they're, they're off to a good start already. And uh, God, Godspeed. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Oklahoma. Sorry. Oh, by, by the way, I do want to hey, say who that. Who sang that song, though? Uh, from the, uh, what is it? Oklahoma. Da, da, oh, it's from the musical. Yeah, I, 
where the sun comes sweeping down the plane and the things in the airplanes and what? Who was the who was the guy that that sang that? Curly. Oh yeah, okay. Curly is the character from yeah. the musical Oklahoma. Yeah, but who was the who was the actor? Oh, I can't remember. Great... Jim. Yeah. will Google it. Yeah, Jim, Jim was a theater major. Jim Somebody knows everything. Something? Yeah. What was that, Erica? Uh, would it be Gordon McRae? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Gordon, well, was that Gordon McRae? I guess it was. And Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Shirley Jones. Shirley Jones, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of them Shirley. One of them Shirley. Yeah. yeah Shirley. Well, yeah. are we... Uh, I yeah, think I, I think we're calling oh, it. So... Okay. I, I want to thank everyone for being on the call. Uh, it has been a real whirlwind of 150 weeks with a few off for good and bad behavior, depending on the week. Uh, but it, it's been 150 episodes and it all started with the folks here. So I want to thank you guys for, for being there and for, for pushing me along and making this all possible. Uh, so thank you guys so much. And thanks to our listeners. You guys have been great, but, uh, our panel, first of all, Erica Schickel, thank you so much for being back. Uh, where can people keep up with you and find out uh, more information about your book and all that over the next year? Well, the book, once again, called The Big Hurt, coming from Hachette in 2021, summer 2021. Woohoo! Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I have actually two places. If you want my nitty-gritty, shitty political stuff, that's shickity on Twitter. If you want my more sort of profound, authoress, sort of literary bullshit, that's at Erica Schickel on Twitter. E-R-I-K-A-S-C-H-I-C-K-E-L. That's me. Right. Thanks, guys. Oh, well, thank it's you. Great. It's been really fun being on this podcast with you guys all these years. It has been yeah. a pleasure. And uh, yeah, it all these years. Wow. Frightening. Yeah. But here we are. Mr. Jim Coughlin, thank you so much. It it has been a pleasure. I've I've known you the longest of everyone here, Jim, and uh it is it is just always great to uh to work with you on on this show, you know, doing live stand-up stuff. So thank you for being here. Where can people find out about uh, where they can get your album and anything else you want to let them know about on the onlines? Sure. Well, they can go to my website Jim Coughlin, that's J-I-M, and then the word cough, C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N.com. <laughs> and uh, you can buy the album there. Um, y- you should buy uh, Erica's book first, and then you can buy my album. Anyway, that's it. And then you can get to the Twitter and all that other stuff there. Right on. Well, thank you for being here with us uh, today and for, for all these episodes. It's been awesome. So thank you. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure and so great to have had you along uh, for this whole ride. Uh, so thank yeah. you. Thank you for always being there. I, I know you got a book and a, a CD. Where can people uh, find out about you and where can they get your stuff? Well, first, Dave, hey, thank you. 150 shows. Power to the people. You working with you guys has been awesome, you know, to get your different perspectives on things that we've discussed for so long. So that's been an awesome time. I'm glad. So I'm glad to be a part of the group and I've learned a lot from all 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 of you. So hey. But you can get my stuff at um Time and Ship at, at Facebook, Time and Ship at uh, Instagram, and Time and Ship at um Twitter. 
Also, you can get my book on Amazon.com, My East St. Louis, as well as my comedy CD, Universal Brother, is on also iTunes and Spotify. Right on. Well, thanks again for being here. I, I want to give a shout out to Carl Kozlowski, who uh, used to run our original home network, Radio Titans. And it was actually Carl who who threw this whole thing together when yeah. we blended the show that I was working on with him, The Cause Effect, with the show that uh, Jim was doing with Randy Harkin, Left of Wrong. So uh, thanks to Carl, who who really yeah. uh, made this made this possible. Good old Carl. Hey. Carl. Uh, hey, Carl. And, <laughs> and thanks to all of our panelists over the years, everyone who isn't on the panel today, but who has been, they are too numerous to mention, as are our listeners, who I want to thank. You guys have been with us. You've been spreading the word, and I hope you continue to do that. If you like the episode, please rate and review us on the platform where you're listening. And what the hell, if you have the time, go rate and review us on other platforms where you're not listening, but I think other people might. Uh, If you didn't like it, hey, that's fine. Keep it to yourself. We won't mind. We are going to be back next week. Here's to another 150 and a better government in six months. Yeah. Um, let's keep doing this. Uh, thank you everybody for being here. I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can follow me online at uh, Dr. David Robinson on the Facebook, on Twitter. I am at stand up fall down. And if you've made it this far into the show, you already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials at let's be treasonable all spelled out on the facebook and at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l on twitter we take off the ease and pass the savings on to you we will be back next week hopefully you will too until then goodbye, goodbye.